0: Everybody knows the song. Serve Hashem with joy and come before Him with rejoicing. It's a great song. It's Davra Melech. I sing it a lot at my bar mitzvahs. And it's amazing. But the question is... And
1: come before Him with
0: uh, rinana is a different ver. It's a different word for joy. Uh, of course, each word for joy has a different uh, element, a different aspect, a different uh, stress. Uh, rinana, I think, is connected to the word "rina," which means song. So you could say, "Come before him with song," if that helps. Yeah. But um, what I wanted to do is take a step back. And look at this concept that we have all taken for granted—that it's important to serve God with joy, and it's important to be happy. Obviously, our generation stresses that a lot. And try to see what does it really mean, Simcha, from a Chumash perspective. Is that a more modern day thing? Is that a Hasidic thing? The Dov and the Melech talk about that. What does the Chumash itself say about how do we access joy, and, uh, and and how do we apply that to our lives? Okay, but I can't mention the word Simcha. Without at least mentioning Rabbi Nachman Mibrasov. Okay? Because Rabbi Nachman Mibrasov, who's the author of Likute Maharan, second source, is the most famous person, most famous rabbi, who everyone quotes, who everyone talks about, whose main stress, one of his main stresses, is Simcha. Okay, so let's read it inside. Rabbi Nachman says, Mitzvah gedola liot b'simcha liot b'simcha tamid. That's, That's
1: right.
0: It's me. two songs for one. It's a big mitzvah to be happy, to always be happy. <laughs> to get over it and to make go far from sadness and from the black dot with all of your strength. Okay, so there you have it. Rabbi Nachman definitely feels like. Do you have to be b'simcha? Yeah, It's a big mitzvah. It's a big, big thing. And always to seek to be happy. Right, So, yeah, you know, that alone is good enough for me to say, great, Rabbi Nachman says you should seek happiness.
1: <laughs>
0: Many Hasidic teachers, a Hasidic movement, one of their main stress is to be happy. And so if Rabbi Nachman says it, I trust him. That's it. But, you know, there are some people who will say, okay, that's a Hasidic path, but uh, where did Rabbi Nachman get that from? And who says we should trust Rabbi Nachman? Right? We know that the uh, Hasidic movement was a movement. What was the opposite movement of the Hasidic movement? Have you girls learned about that yet? No, Lubavitch. Lubavitch is Hasidic, but a different brand of Hasidic. Mean, You're right that, at least originally... They were a little bit more intellectual, a little bit more learned, and not just, you know, dance around and be happy. So it's, it's a good it's a good guess. It's probably kind of, was kind of in between. Uh, but misnagdic, like the Vilna Gaon, the students of the gro. Um, like so, right? So they were originally, they weren't anti-simcha, but, you know, they were like, the main stress has to be learning Torah. Whereas Chassidus says there are other ways of serving Hashem, like prayer and singing and dancing and other things like that, which are extremely important uh, to our Avotos Hashem. So, good. What we want to ask is, where does Rabbi Nachman get this idea that you have to be besimcha, and, and how do we do that? Okay, great, you tell me, be besimcha, but what if I'm not besimcha? What if I'm not feeling joy, and what if I don't even know what joy is? So what do I do then?
1: It says
0: to him, like, like where's like, where the source? Like, that's like... Oh, so there we go. So you mean already, you're already telling me, well, we already found the Apostle Kandelon that says, Yiv yot Hashem besimcha." it's true you're 100% right we can use that as our first proof for Rabbi Nachman although if I want to be a little bit skeptical I can point out that if we read David Amalek carefully does he say you have to always be happy? so what does he say? when you're serving Hashem then it has to be done with happiness. oh okay so maybe you couldn't say that maybe Rabbi Nachman would say well you're always serving Hashem so that's why you're always happy but perhaps someone could argue well, when you're davening, then you should be happy. When you're learning, then you should be happy. When I'm stom, uh, I don't know, walking to the makolet, who says I should be happy? I'll give an example. Last week I was really
1: angry. Really angry. And I got touch him because I was really angry. So I wasn't really happy at the moment. Right. What says
0: that not Right. Are you a sinner yeah. at that very moment because you're in a bad mood? Okay. So it's worth going on a tangent for your excellent question. So I happen to be researching this today for my other class. And um, what all the rabbis say, including Rabbi Schwartz, is that, no, you don't have an obligation at any, every given moment to force yourself to pretend like you're happy when you're not happy. Even Rabbi Nachman writes, and it's safer, that there are times for brokenheartedness. There are times to be down. To be besimcha doesn't mean that I'm always in a jolly, jovial mood. Okay, so what does it mean? It means I'm orienting myself. I'm gearing myself up towards simcha, towards positivity, towards connectivity with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It means that when I feel up to it, if I could either be, I don't know, one to ten level 4 or level 5, I choose level 5. I'm not expected to always be at level 9. And there are times when it's healthy to be even at level 2 or 1. Right? It's unhealthy to pretend to be in a better mood than you're not. Sometimes there's such a thing as mourning in Judaism, right? And sometimes you're going through a really hard day and to it's, it's jump higher than your level will be detrimental, right? But then the other time, sometimes, you really are, you know, you could choose to be in a happier mood, or you could just kind of be lazy and go with your your the status quo. So at that point, Rebbe would you, no, choose to be b'semcha, choose to do actions which will push you towards simcha, towards more simcha, Yeah.
1: be happy, but I think if you have like, such strong moon in Hashem, like, when you're sad, you're not really, you're sad, but like, you also know it's the best. It's not like you're, I think like there's a point where like, if the like, tzaddikim have this, like, they're never sad or angry or whatever, because they know it all comes so what, what you're sad that Hashem means has happened, like, have to be sad, like, you can be sad, but can't be mad because you know it's from Hashem. Right. How could, like you'll never see yourself? How could this have happened? And like being
0: angry is like extremely sad but, like, you know it's about that. Exactly. Exactly. Right. What? Sorry. Maybe I should So let me let me clarify what he is saying. Perhaps maybe there's a difference between being angry and maybe in a state of yehush, which means I totally give up, versus in a state of um, disappointed. Right now, I'm low. Right now but I know pretty soon I'm gonna get high again. And I'm, you know, I'm in the low. It's okay to be in the low sometimes, but, be, but because I have a moon and be talking that it's all for the best, I know that pretty soon I'm gonna get back to that high. That, I think that's very different than someone who's just like, ah, everything states, I hate life, I hate God, I hate everything, and I'm gonna, I don't care anymore. Those are very, <laughs> sorry. Those are very different emotions, right? You understand what I'm saying? So yeah, I think I th- definitely think Muna and B'tachon will automatically help. Those are key elements and components of bringing us towards to- more towards Simcha. I agree with you 100. percent Yeah, okay. But all of that is true. But I, what I want to do here tonight is go back to the, the the sources themselves, to the Makoras, and see what can we see from the Chumash itse- itself. Perspective on uh, Simchah, and I think it will be uh, a little bit surprising. I think we're gonna find some new ideas that we didn't realize was a Torah stress, or maybe not so surprising, but it's still amazing to see it in the Chumash itself. Okay, good. So, source number one is Devarim. Hi, Shalom. Welcome back. Hi, thank you so Welcome home. Here, take our. We got our last source sheet. Okay. So, let's read this slowly together. V'arim Yudbet Zayim. The passage says, V'yachaltim sham, and you shall eat the v'fnei Hashem Elokeichem. Before Hashem, your God. U'smachtem b'chol mishlach yetchem. And you should be, there's the word, happy. Simcha. Okay? With all... That has been sent into your hands. Atem uvatechem asher b'rachacha ashem l'akecha. You and your family, which God has blessed you with. Okay? So let's, you know, take a deeper look at this. What are the elements that the Torah is mentioning when it comes to this simcha? What are, what are we learning about simple? What 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 is associated? What's connected with joy in this pasuk? The pasuk of rejoicing before Hashem. What do you got? What do you guys see there? Eating. Okay, so first of all, we got eating. Okay, definitely makes people happy, especially when you're hungry. Not as much when you're not hungry. So we have eating. Awesome. What else? What what do you like?
1: What's I'm asking
0: what elements do we see that are connected to like being satisfied, kind of like with what you have, because it's like the uh, Mishlaf, like with whatever it to Okay, good, good, very good. So you could say being appreciative, satisfied, great gratitude. Like it reminds you like when you say, like, it Must be. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, you're going to ask, and
0: to give everything you need. Like, you can that they gave you nothing. Like, that's Right. Or, Ezehu Ashira Samiach Achalko. Right. Gratitude is what makes you happy. It's not that when you're happy, you have gratitude. But gratitude makes you happy, right? Something I'm sure we've spoken about many times. So appreciation, great, amazing. Anything else? Your um, family. Family.
1: Betacho, also as
0: family. Yeah, absolutely, family. Okay. By the way, before we did mention, you know, emuna and betacho. So we'll put that. have its own. Great. Okay. So, from the Torah's perspective, from the Chumash perspective, these seem to be things which remind us of, um, which are connected to Simcha. Anything else? I think there might be one little hidden element we might not have picked up on. Like
1: being
0: Excellent. Being in the presence of Hashem. Amazing. Right. The Asher Hashem. Is the pasuk I and mean, I think it's a Cheskel. The, the mission in said that any table which we have, Torah, is, uh, is a place where the Shekhinah rests, right? So your meal right now is being sanctified. I told you guys, in the army, everyone's got their special gun and their special mission. So I didn't have the best shot, but my job was to bring the washing cup and to say it's our Torah. Yeah. <laughs> That
1: was my job. That was my job. Did you bring the washing cup? Where did you bring it to? To the field. To wherever we went. You know? You always had to make sure, like, there was I that. brought the washing.
0: That was my job. You yeah. know, I don't like washing. What did
1: you train? Like, how did you train for
0: that? No, I, I didn't train for that. I just brought the cup. And, and oh, so, I like, like, there's
1: a training for you, the army.
0: No, I, I did the regular training. I was a regular soldier. But, you know, like, everyone, pretty much everyone, in addition to the training, gets, like, a special, like, gun. This guy throws grenades And this guy's a sharpshooter And this guy's that and this guy. So <laughs> and I I again. got a washing cup It was kind of self-appointed To be honest I don't oh. I don't think the army Really cared so much About, about my washing oh, cup
1: you
0: it itself, I just bought the washing yeah. cup And I pretty much I like saying The Since awesome. I've been I, I was.
1: You see on baseball. I was You're also okay. like no. Huge. I was a regular
0: soldier like everyone. I'm still a regular soldier uh, like everyone else. But I also brought the Washington.
1: Oh, okay. but you didn't get a sharpshooting gun. You didn't get. I, I I was
0: actually the only one in my unit that didn't have glasses, so I could have been the sharpshooter, but I don't have a good shot. So. Uh, that
1: well, was, <laughs> at the end of the day, rather... Yeah. Not gun, you Is it, know? Exactly. <laughs> I also made
0: a lot of salads and washed a lot Salad. of dishes. I mean, in the dishes, I I washed a lot of dishes in the kitchen and.
1: Have you ever served? Maybe you have a gun.
0: I have a gun. Yeah. Yeah. But uh. So you were a soldier.
1: If they call you. Yeah,
0: it was a regular soldier, but I but I also. Oh,
1: she didn't tell like, you were wearing like, you
0: know, like your um. Like only like a washing cup. like you know, Rogorin, that, that's what he did. Oh, he right. ran with his shofar without a gun to the Kotal, 1967. That's what I'm not in his name. I, I, I have like, like, you like, you ha- like, you wore, like,
1: a, a uniform. uniform. No, like, I have a gun.
0: Like, what I do? That uniform
1: is
0: I, ha- I, ha- I, d- yeah. I did have a gun. Oh, okay,
1: but also had a wash. It. Okay, yeah, fine. That's good, that's very
0: good. Now, let's see if we can discover some more elements... Or it would be even more crazy if it was the same elements in the rest of the Sukkim. Once again, Moshra It's all mostly in the by the way. Really interesting. Where we talk about Simcha. Okay, so there we go. We got Simcha. What else do we have right there? Ah, oh, bing, bing, bing. Being in the presence of Hashem. Circle that. Atem uvneichem uvnotechem. What does that mean? Family. What does that remind us of?
1: Family.
0: Family. Veavdeichem. <laughs> 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 You've got to get your slave in there. V'amotechem. <laughs> That's, you uh, made service. Ve'aleviya And the Levites. Kemelchelechenechelaitechem. <laughs> because he does not have a portion. He doesn't have land. Right? So you got to... Um, you got to share it with the lady. Amazing. Okay, we'll do another one because I think they they c- kind of connect. Okay, so what what two elements do we? Ochel, O'chel and. The portion. makoma Where is that place which God chooses? Like what
1: you have,
0: like... No, where is the place where we?
1: Eat the
0: corbonas. Yes. Uh in your shalim. Well now it's your but it would be the mikta shmizbech, right? Bota, ubincha, ubiteha, vabdecha, lamatha, validi, ashab sharecha. Right? Samachta, lifnaya shahma techa one more time, bakhomish lahya dach. Okay? So these two sources, as I'm sure you noticed, have all the same elements that we mentioned before. It's pretty crazy. We also added in a new element now. Can you guys pick up on it? What's the new element which has been introduced to the Simcha equation by lady. the lady? Good. And uh, also the servant and the maid servant. We've heard before, but you're right, it, it, it's the same phraseology. So now I would say lady, what does that represent? I mean, who is? It? Why are we including the lady now? Torah. Ah, uh, interesting. Because he's a Torah teacher. I didn't think of that. I'll put that down. What else, though? Why Why does the Torah tell us why are we including the lady? Because uh,
1: they don't have the land themselves. So it's Ah, okay. So it's uh,
0: Very good. Beautiful.
1: Beautiful.
0: Awesome. So, it's pretty cool. Right? All the same elements are appearing, but now we've got two bonus ones and two more Pesukim, which, uh, which are giving. Okay, Simcha has to also have an element of giving to each other, not just with your family, but also with others. Now, if we had more time, we could analyze why sometimes we include the levy and other times don't include the levy. And I'm taking the Pesukim a little bit out of context. If we were learning inside, we would be able to see you know, when it's more important to just focus on the family and when it's important to more, you know, focus on the outsiders, right? Obviously, there's time and place for everything, yeah. right? And that's the balance I was always trying to uh, trying to find. Right when I when I was dating my uh, my wife at the time, she so wasn't my wife when I was dating her. So you know, I had to give her a warning. On the one hand, I make this big Shabbos meal, and that's a big part of my life, and I love it. So like, it's not going to go if you're not interested in like being a part of this. Giving experience, so and at the same time, I told her. On the other hand, I'm a little bit of a fanatic right now. I do it three meals, two or two or three meals every Shabbos. When I get married, please God, I don't intend to doing it every Shabbos because I understand that uh, you know it's not normal for a family to be always you know uh, on show. You also need your private time to just, connect, especially on Shabbos. That's like the main connection time. To you know, to to uh, to connect to each other. So you know, right now we're doing. We have like a three week shift. One week we go away. Usually one week we just me and my wife, and one week uh, I do my Shabbos meal or our Shabbos meal. So anyways, I'm, we're trying to find the balance. Well, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Where you go away to? Uh, we always try to find new places. Simcha is always newness. So we we find new buddies, or Hashem sends us new people who can host us, who have extra space in their houses, or stuff like that like you know army buddies and old old friends and stuff like that
1: mm-hmm.
0: awesome so we got five okay I um, want do we want to go to the Rambam? bomb mm. yeah I want to skip to the Rambam for a second we'll, hopefully we'll, we'll head back to to uh, two of the other sources. But I time's short. I want to make sure we get get it all in. So the Rambam and Mishnah Torah write something very beautiful. Very, very famous Rambam. There's another Rambam which I'm going to quote for you afterwards. So you guys see it? Mishnah Torah, second last page? Yeah. Rambam writes, Shivas Yemei Pesach Ushmoni Me'achag HaChag Inshari Yemei Chayavadam Liot Ben Sameach Vatov Lev on yantif we have a mitzvah to be happy. Okay? I'm sure you've heard this. Simchas Yontef. Shabbos, Machlokas, where we have to be happy. Or maybe it's only Oneg, which is a different element. Oneg is delight, Simchas happy. We can talk about what's the difference between them. But a Yontef, everyone agrees. The pasuk says, Him, his children, and everyone connected to him. Where's the Ramah I'm getting this from? from hel
1: it,
0: No, not from <laughs> hel He is, is a... He right. <laughs> Where is he getting it from? Wait,
1: what, what, what,
0: the idea what? that you have to have your family involved in the Simcha. Oh, my it's all right. the place is not even good. The Torah. right. What we just learned. Very good. I thought it was... It not tough. No know. tough questions. Uh, no I trick know. questions. Know. Everyone has the pro. Approach- it for him now watch it you also have to include the convert doesn't only mean the convert it means the outsider right people don't have a place to go or they don't have a place that they enjoy going to the orphan the widow with all the poor people but if you lock your doors, if you you only have your own meal and you lock your doors for the poor people. Why do they
1: specifically
0: use that language?
1: So, that's a great
0: question because in biblical times they represented the key people who didn't have um, someone taking care of them okay and in the olden days everything was familial everything was taken care of by the family so if you had a mom and dad you're you're okay for Mr. Dar but if uh, an orphan represented someone who didn't have anyone taking care of them and so you, someone had to, so the Torah goes that was always way said someone has to take care of them and the widow the ETC, it's it's a category it represents I'm saying, why does it say so so often? Why does it go out of its way to, to stress yeah. it? Good question. A, I could suggest that clearly that this is one of the most important messages of the Torah. If it ends up saying this mitzvah forty times, then it's not just another little detail. This it's is one so of the core. Now, it's,
1: them look like so. it's
0: a good. It's a good point. I don't know. I have to speak to. Uh, to an orphan and ask them like do you think the torah making a big deal about it makes you feel like a nebuch but i think it's trying i think most understand that that wasn't necessarily the norm in that society in that time period people didn't necessarily take care of the orphan and the widow and the torah is like a good father so to speak just trying to make sure that the message gets brought across usually because
1: usually the parents are forgotten just to keep reminding them
0: Something like that, right? Um, yeah, yeah. But um, we, yeah, we definitely, definitely have to be very, very careful when you're dealing with widows and orphans. But again, I don't think it's only referring to them. They're the category that symbolizes any outsider, right? So you know, for example, I don't know, when I play, I play Ultimate Frisbee and a lot of times there's a new guy and they are not part of the game. And they're waiting on the outside, kind of, like, not sure if they can play. So, you know, it's important for me to let them play, to include them, because they're too shy to, like, get in on the game, and they don't want to push. So as an insider, it's, I feel like it's part of my midst, but to include them in and let them play. Um, so, you know, and I'm sure in your social situations also, some people aren't the cool kids, and they don't get asked to go out to dinner. So, it's really important to remember this mitzvah is very, very, very... It comes up all the time. It's not just uh, when you're making a big Shabbos meal or whatever. It's, it's all the time you have opportunities to, uh, to, to fulfill this mitzvah. Anyways, this is one of the more famous Rambams in the whole Mishnah Torah. Rambam says, if you're only caring about your steak and your wine and your family and you're not caring about the outsider... That's not a simchas mitzvah that's simchas khrita. That's your belly. You're making your belly happy, but you're not making God happy. That's not real simcha. Real Simcha is not purely physical. Real simcha is 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 about this balance of physical delights. Right? no one's saying you shouldn't eat and drink, right? That's part of the mitzvah. In simcha but you can't do that and overdo it. And certainly. You're overdoing it if you're only thinking about your immediate family and forgetting about those on the outside. Okay, again, it's all about balance. If you're only thinking about those on the outside and you forget about your family, that's also not balanced.
1: So there's of people like that actually, like sure. that will be kind of strange with all their own kids.
0: Exactly. Wait, so so there's a good theory. Mind that Simcha is physical. There is eating in there, okay. but there's also in the presence of God. Right, Meaning, if you really felt like you're in the presence of God, would you really take that, you know, fourth course of steak, probably at a certain point, you'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know if God would consider this so holy.
1: Yeah, it's, right. No, not even that, but it's, like, not, it's like when you go to a family, you're to like, have four courses It's right? also true,
0: because you don't want to take all their food. Right? Yeah. There are a lot of reasons. But uh, besides <laughs> for that, you know, if, if you're really in the presence of God, you're going to eat in a different way. You're going to eat with more dignity and you know you're gonna you're gonna make the meal centered around Torah and and ruchnius, but again it doesn't mean you shouldn't have uh, good good food and good wine. It's it's all about finding that that right balance, and and the balance includes outside versus inside. Okay, so that's this Gavaldika Rambam. Similarly, because it's other, so you have to mention Purim. We know in Purim. We have a, two mitzvahs, there's four mitzvahs, there's two mitzvahs, there One of them is called Mishloch Manot, and one of them is Matanot Devyanim. One of them is we give our friends oranges and apples and all sorts of yummy things. And the other one is we give poor people tzedakah. We give money. Okay? So, which one's probably more fun?
1: Mishloch Manot. Manot. you so your friends?
0: And maybe for some people it's pressure, but some people, I have a lot of fun with it. I go to the Shook and get like a million apples and oranges and just like give to random people and then I go to the store and just like give like the the cashiers like Doritos and oranges That's and like a, I have a lot of fun makes with it. A team
1: to, like, push off one what? My mom makes like a team and yeah. like our outfits. You don't know, okay. you know, just get apples. Yeah. No. <laughs> my kind of like four months in advance. Yeah, I know a
0: lot of holy Jewish women who do that. Great, <laughs> but um, here's a surprise or maybe it's not a surprise for us. What should you spend more money on, according to the Rambam? Yeah. Should you spend more money on Mishloch Manos, or should you spend more money on the mitzvah of Matanot Lev yeah. He says you should spend at least as much money that you give towards your apples and oranges, spend that on your tzedakah. Why? What's the rationale? So I, think it's like, I have to do both right this
1: year. Sorry? I give you my parents' You have to do it You
0: are your own woman Right uh, Once you are independent You're not living With your family
1: But well, I'm still
0: living off in My parents Right okay. Look it's um, a It's a general question Of Of tzedakah It a little bit of, It's It's re- Right Well first of all To be completely honest It's not that expensive To fulfill the mitzvah I mean All you gotta give Is For mishloch, You're giving Two gifts To one person so I assume that your parents would want you to yeah. they just like they be happy giving you some extra money to go get a rebar once in a while they would be fine with you spending 30 shekel and giving your friend two gifts and I think the same is true with sittaka most parents are not in such a tight budget that they would say they have a problem with you giving half a shekel to a beggar but you're right ain't half an you're right if you're, it's really tight, and you're only getting a certain amount of money for well, your basic then needs. Like so like that you would not be obligated for, yeah. for so these. these. Like you. We you would say, you. technically, according to some post game it's something like uh, you know, thirty shekel, fifteen shekel would be the minimum to buy a uh, decent meal for someone. Something like that. It's not, it's not. It's not. It's not very expensive. But but the principle here is is more what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Wait, and how does like? Is it better to get like? Oh no. Wait, Basically what I'm saying
0: is Ramam says it's more important to give Matanot Levine because it's the same idea. It's great to care about your buddies and your friends and all that. And it's a lot of fun. It is very important. To give to your spouse too one day. But it's also just as important if not more important to give to the outsiders. That's real Simcha. There's simcha is caring about those on the outside and balancing it with caring about those on the inside. Yeah? that says that you
1: should give to
0: people who don't you. Ah, it's a good question. I'm trying to remember offhand. Right, someone does that, I'm not making me um, laugh. I say that sometimes. Oh, you say
1: that. So but I may have that. I
0: may have mentioned that in the past, but I'm trying to remember what the for that is. Um, we talk about it. and I have a whole interesting mahalach. So I
1: should give them to the so all people who don't like me.
0: Give one to someone who you don't you don't like. Give two maybe. You don't have to only give to the people you don't like. <laughs> Do a mixture, because if then they, then if they get a gift from you, they're gonna kind of know, kind <laughs> yeah, mi- mi- of mix it that. up, you know? They're like, oh no, M- <laughs> no. Mishloch manot, terrible. Um, good, but you get the idea that I'm trying to tell you is the say it needs to be for the the real simcha giving on the outside. That's why, by the way, which holiday, biblically speaking, which chag is the most simchadic? the most. Pesach. So Purim, maybe rabbinically, one could argue. By Yom
1: Kippah.
0: Interesting. Uh, maybe you can make an argument, Yom Kippah, too. I hear what you're saying. But, I, but I'm talking about that from the Chumash itself. It indicates that there's a mitzvah to be the simcha. Several times it says. Oh, sukes. Sukes.
1: Excellent.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's only a few left. There's a or khanim. No, but I, I knew. Oh, yeah, you yeah. okay.
1: got no. it. It says several times.
0: Know. V'samachta b'chagecha by sukes. And which is the holiday where we have the biggest stress on having guests and, or as we say in Aramaic <laughs> uspizin. Well, we also have a lot of guests on Pesach but uspizin is specifically an idea of dad Your whole family you
1: supposed to bring other people
0: in it? it could be and it wouldn't contradict what we're saying because again Pesach is a holiday and there's Mitzvah to the Simcha my in my experience is usually Pesach. The truth is, actually, it's not true. At, at my seder, we invite a lot, a lot of random people, and a lot of people go out of their way to have random it's people. So nice. But it's usually a very family-oriented type of situation. Uh-huh. Shalom, shalom. Whereas Sukkot, people dafka go out of their way to have outsiders, to have ushpizin. So, uh, so makes, it actually works out well with the theme. <laughs> Good point. Good point. There definitely is an element of Simcha and of going to the outsider. Uh, I do that at my table. We go outside in the middle of the, of the Seder and we look for random poor people. And personally, I love having a lot of random people over for Pesach. But uh, but also Sukkot is a big day. Okay. Um, let's just quickly flip back See, see those other um, Sukim that we didn't have a chance to see. Um, we'll sum up. Um, um, I think we were up to You should give Kesaf and all that your soul desires with meat and with wine and with beer. And you should eat again before Hashem and you should rejoice, you and your family. Okay? Next, Pasik. about okay. want to overindulge Right. So, this. Right. I agree. And the whole point of this year is to surprise us a little bit. So you're you're not supposed to know all of this, and it's really shocking, not just for you, but to most people. Myself included, that when you look in the Chomish itself, eating and drinking is a huge element of Simcha, which is a bit surprising. But I think it actually makes a lot of sense. Because the Torah is not ascetic. Torah doesn't want us to be anti-pleasure, to be anti-food. It's all about balance. Yes, it's... This is a balance we keep saying. It. It's like, oh man... Really? It's every time... Again, it's not every We're, we're bringing all the psukim which have to do with simcha. Most of them having to do with our special holidays. And in the holidays, the mitzvah is to eat, to drink, to celebrate with family, with outsiders before HaKadosh Baruch. Right? Over and over and over. And it's kind of shocking. Six times already we've seen... The same thing, and now it's really driving the point home that uh, that we need to have all these elements for there to be a full full Simcha. Okay? Um, and specifically, one source we, we've already noted does does talk about being in a holy place, or in Yerushalayim. also know Yerushalayim, I've ever been, especially during the holidays, it's a place where you can feel the Simcha, and it's also a place of yearah. What does Yerushalayim stand for? Yearah, fear, awe, being in the presence of God, and shalayim, completeness. Let, let me tell you a, a final story. So I always try to connect when I'm when I'm learning and trying to see the messages that Akash Baruch was is sending in my life. And um, so, did I run out of time? Am I over? Yeah. When are we supposed to? Are we supposed to end 820? Oh, yeah. oh sorry about that. My bad. Okay. Anyways. No worries. No worries. So I'll just say the last story. You want to hear a crazy story? So the rabbi in the and Brachos is very, very happy. So the rabbi says, It says in the Apostle Eve Do the Hashem bit Yira. Serve Hashem with awe. You're too happy. So the rabbi Rava says, Don't worry. I'm not tefillin. I'm wearing tefillin. They say, okay, you're good. And that's the end of the story. He was wearing fill in, so it's okay. So if Cook asks, what the heck are we supposed to learn from this story? What is it? Are we pro happiness, anti happiness? What's going on here? So if Cook explains, similar to what we've been saying Simcha's great, Simcha's awesome, but Simcha has to lead us towards the service of God, right? When we're in a state of Simcha, we can service Hashem better. So what's tefillin all about? Tefillin is Vikus. Tefillin is being connected to Akadosh Baruch Hu. Tefillin is having that awe, that fear of Akadosh Baruch Hu. So if your simcha is kind of being ringed in, the goal is simcha, but as long as you have it with fear of God in the background, then we're good. We're good. But if it's just simcha stam, just silliness, then it's a bit dangerous. Okay? So, to summarize, What we learned on this beautiful, beautiful night, the first night of Adar, and every night we're getting happier and happier and happier. It's not like we're we're happy and then it's done. Is that in order to be besimcha from the Chumash perspective, we need to eat. We need to have good food. No, we need physical, balance with spiritual, being in the presence of Hashem. Family helps. Being appreciative is key. Always taking time to appreciate all of our blessings. And making sure we include others, giving towards others, helping to take our blessings and funnel it in the, in, in, in the way of making the world a better place. This is from a chumish perspective, some beautiful uh, ways to be. B'Simcha Hashem to bless us. To moms. have an amazing month of simcha. And B'Srat uh, we'll, Hashem, uh, we'll, uh, we'll call that a night. The root of happiness, Gan Eden. The root of happiness is found before the sin in Gan Eden, when a couple gets married, we bless them that they rejoice, just as your Creator gladdened you in Gan Eden. Right, you know the song. You get blessed that you should be as happy as you are now, as we were in the Garden of so, I Eden. Right, we were saying you, the couple. Should be as happy now as Adam and Chava were in Ganet. In Ganet. Okay, machma meaning to say that we were very happy in the Garden of Eden. Okay, we're talking about before the sin. Okay, so if we want to find out how do we go into happiness, how to get rid of the sadness. Because again, Adam we're trying to you know multiply our happiness. We got to figure out. What made us so happy in the Garden of Eden, and how do we get back to that? Okay, so the Rebbe is saying The state of Adam and Gan Eden was the root of happiness. He's saying something think very deep. He's saying, Man is born happy, our natural essence is happy. And stuff gets in the way which takes us from being happy. But sometimes you might just wake up and you're in a happy mood. And someone says, Why are you so happy? And you can say, I don't need a reason. I'm a human being. I have a soul. I'm in the divine image. That's it. I'm breathing. Like that's that's it. I'm I'm meant to be happy. Some of this stuff holds us back from being happy, but that is our natural you know, our clock is disposed, supposed to be at least to be happy. Yeah. So
1: here it's saying that like is like like happiness, but like other ways of like explaining, like so it doesn't follow the way of explaining it as, like, peace? Because, like, a lot of people
0: say like, simcha is, like, peace. You're making a great point that when I'm saying simcha and equating it with happiness, I am totally over... Yeah, like that always means, like, peace. You know? I, I would say generally shalom or shalva mm-hmm. would be more peace and tranquility. And simcha is more connected to joy. But any translation we give is going to be a little bit inaccurate because it's not the word simcha. Yeah. So we have to define the word simcha. Mm-hmm. I don't have time right now to give a whole, yeah. you know... But we're just jumping right into it. It's connected to joy. And I think it's also related to the word smicha, which means growth. Mm-hmm. Hirsch points that out. When you're growing in life, you're in a state of semcha. It's uh, a certain calmness, connectedness to a Kadosh Baruch uh, For sure. There's a lot to talk about. What is semcha? But we're just jumping into it. We're reading this Maimar, even though we haven't defined everything perfectly. Okay. So the Baba is saying... If we get back to the Garden Eden, we'll be happy. In the future, we will once again have this happiness. We will also fix up our sadness. Chazal tell us that Tisha will be transformed into Yontif. So that's something I'm excited for. In the end of the day, the no more world
1: fasting.
0: is... No more fasting. Pretty exciting. And Tisha is going to be a big happy day. Good. Let's get into it. The root of sadness. The root of sadness is Amalek. We have explained what the root of happiness is, but what is the root of sadness? Okay? If we understand what sadness is, we un- will understand how to get rid of it, and therefore to naturally go back to being happy. Sadness is rooted in Amalek. Amalek is called Rishis Hagoyim, the first of the enemy nations. And they are also the heads of the Erev Rav. Okay, remember the Erev Rav, those people who joined the Jewish people who ended up causing all those, the trouble, according to the Midrash. So, again, these are all Kabbalistic spiritual concepts. But he's saying on a Kabbalistic level, Amalek represents evil. And Amalek is connected with Erev Rav, the negative people who joined us. Okay. He also notes, I, 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 I did cut and paste. This article is a lot longer. I just knew we weren't going to have time if I did everything. But he talks about Amalek, Erev Rab. There are five parts of the Erev Rab. There are five different segments of them. Fine. Amalek causes sadness in the world, both because they are the first of the nations and both because they're the heads of Erev Rav. Okay. There are two root kinds of sadness in creation. Let's get into it. One kind of sadness comes to us because of our element of earth in the soul. That is a materialistic kind of sadness it has to do with our body's desires. The body's desires for materialism are responsible for this kind of sadness. So the Bhavavi is, is relating to a Kabbalistic concept that every person is made up of four elements. Okay? Earth, water, wind, and fire. Okay? I don't have so much time to get into it right now. But basically, earthiness is related to materialism, to physicality that part of you that when you wake up in the morning just wants to go back to sleep, mm-hmm. that part of you that just wants to stuff themselves with food and drown away all their sorrows, that's earth, okay? That's earthiness.
1: That's the first
0: one? That's apparently the first one and the first cause of a lot of people's sadness, says the Bovavi. Okay, so you am going to ask, why is our generation probably the generation that struggles the most with sadness? Right? It's amazing. We have so much physical abundance and yet we have so much more issues with happiness. You
1: yes. said earth, fire, water, and air? Yeah.
0: Earth. Because we're
1: so focused on... It, because we
0: have an overabundance. Exactly. So as Abu we have too much materialism and when you over... in Amalek equals sadness and sadness... And sadness Cause number one is overindulgence in materiality. In physicality. Okay? In materialism. Again, I'm not saying chas that physicality is bad. That actually, we just... if you, you, to a certain point. You need to learn about ex- Exactly. It's about the balance. In other words, the Torah itself always mention simcha specifically in the context of eating and drinking but in the presence of god right in the presence of god you're eating and drinking physicality is good right the first mitzvah is eat that fruit but it always has to be in balance as soon as you overindulge in the physicality which is our generation's problem because it's an easy drug. You always want more. Like, right. You always not, want like, more. So
1: Everyone always wants more. Right. And, then, <laughs> and then what happens is
0: once you start overindulging and then you're like mad at yourself. So then what's... Like so you're, then you just... It's like once you've already hit that point of, let's say, for me, I know and I already overeat my dinner. So like, all right, I just might as well have some more ice cream now because yeah. it's too late. <laughs> all right? I might as well... I just give up. And then you just feel worse. It's right? Like on prim, like
1: when people like, drink, like overdo it like yeah since it's a drink but like, where you're able to
0: die and then there's like the people and then like something bad right. happened. What's what's the goal? Is it evdu with the Shambhassimbra? Are you using it as a way to help me serve a Khalaku? Or are you making it advantage of it, it- get or you're
1: using it like, as a smooth okay yeah. like, like I feel like people like for example like, they're like oh it's a mix of up but then they just do that as a loop. Right. right. Not, but it's not just permits. It's pretty okay.
0: much anything, anything. Anything in Judaism or anything in life can really be do, doing that. Yeah. And and, so, and, so, and so, says the yeah. Bill Bilvavi, Rav Schwartz, and I think my experience is that there's a lot of truth in this. That over indulging in physicality is one of the main causes of sadness. Can okay. you have a question Yara? Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say also, if you over indulge
1: in like, physicality, then like you you spend so much money and time, like.
0: Like, trying to get it and then you realize like there's no meaning to it and then, like, right It just becomes uh, a God it becomes a God a, a, something you worship and you devote your life to it and then you feel even sadder because what did I just do I just devoted everything I was doing to something which is ultimately meaningless and yeah so it's a, it's a cycle of bad and it starts it, it starts with, uh, with with over overdoing it and again' it's so it's so challenging in our generation because we have so the ability right? We, because we're not as poor and we have so much abundance, so why not? And it makes you feel good, but in the long term, it doesn't make you feel good. It makes you feel bad, actually. Okay, good. So, it seems like you guys are connecting to this first idea. The body's desire for materialism is responsible for this type of sadness or earthiness, okay? Connected to the quality of earth. Okay. Um, there's another kind of sadness. And this... Has to do with our mind. Okay, so it's not physical, it's more uh, esoteric, more spiritual, more cerebral. This is the sadness caused by our doubts. Okay, this is the, the fam- two famous quotes. There's no happiness like the clarification of doubts. It's a Gemara in Yerushalmi, and it's a very famous quote. That sadness comes from doubt. And I'm sure there's a a quote you've heard before. Amalek is Gematria, right? Numerical equivalent of 770, 240. And what else is that? Suffolk, 240. So, right? Adar is a time when we wipe, we're focusing on wiping away Amalek, right? Who's the descendant of Amalek? Hama. Both <laughs> different things. <laughs> Haman. And Haman was trying to put doubts, everything's fate, everything's guru, it's not divine problem, it's not shakalaka practice So he's doubt, right? Haman equals doubts. And we're trying to get rid of those doubts by and what will that then lead to? If we clarify our doubts, it will lead to Happy.
1: happiness. Yeah. This is this
0: still part of Earth? No. no. This is this is a separate thing. It's not related to Earth. Let's let's see what it relates to. I think he, I think he's gonna talk about it. I think he's gonna talk about it. Yeah, so it's definitely not very earthy. Something else. Yeah, so we're good. Yeah, there's there there is four, he's not gonna talk about all four in this little article. Oh no, I it like Sorry. Have to read the whole book. But uh, you know. Another night. Alright. Let's keep going. Both kinds of sadness came about through Adam's sin. There were two curses of sadness that came because of the sin. With pain you shall eat, or, remember the curse that, uh, that, uh, that Adam and Chava got, that Adam specifically got. And with pain shall you bear children. That was Chava's curse. Okay? The sin of eating for the Yitzhadas damaged our Das, and created a sadness that can come from our mind. And this is connected to the pain of childbirth. The other kind of ca- sadness comes from materialism. This is the pain of having to work hard in order to make a living. So to categorize, again, there were two negative results of the sin of Adam and Chava. Right? There was childbirth and there was work. Work. B'itzavon is associated, well, well, both. yeah, and that's true, that's um, nowadays, that's in the old days, the men had to work, now women have to take care of both of them, it's <laughs> tough being a woman, well, maybe if you marry the right guy, you'll only have to do one them.
1: no,
0: I'd be too poor, I mean, not we're not, not the same, Anyone want, so, childbirth is specifically connected <laughs> with, uh, an X in a, intellectually, something went wrong. Okay? We have a, an issue with the Das, with our, with, we're going to probably, it's going to end up being connected to doubt. Okay? That we were talking about before, doubts entering inside of us, and he's going to explain that in just a moment. Sounds good? You understand? these are the two sins, the two sins, the two punishments because of the sin of the eight Das. Okay? Good, beautiful. Let's keep going. Um, now, in addition, Amalek also causes coldness, or as it's written, "Asher karcha baderach." They chanced upon you on the way. Amalek attacks us, but the Rashi explains, "Karcha" is a melashon of core, or coldness. When you're sad, it causes you feel cold, feels you disconnected. Right, warmth that comes from, 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 wor- from connection and from clarity, and coldness or disconnection is the opposite of that, and that's Amalek. Okay. So also add that Amalek equals Ashir Karcha Baderech. Asher Karcha Baderech, which means. Because they're both they both from through sides and
1: sides down. Yeah. 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 And with right, and but
0: and, and when there is disconnection, it's like it's like it's cold. And when, when the, and when it's cold, it, it leads to disconnection. When
1: there's warmth, yeah. then it's... Exactly.
0: Uh-huh. I agree. Okay. So now, the perfect happiness of the future. Where, am I in the right place? Yeah. We'll, we'll yeah, we'll, we'll fix the. Damage. We'll fix damage caused in the air drop. The five sounds of a wedding are really meant to counter the five evil groups of the eretzrah. So I'm not gonna
1: have time the to get into
0: every little detail, but that's pretty cool. And when you're at a wedding, there's five kolot, there's five voices that the Gemara says that you fulfill when you, uh, when you rejoice at a wedding. So you're in a way fixing the five gamin, five blemishes of the eretzrah. It says, Kol Chatan, Kol Sinra, Kol Chatan, Kol It says the words kol five times. And so, apparently you fulfill five mitzvahs when you rejoice before a chasen says a gemara. I forget where exactly. Okay. The details aren't super significant right now. Okay. In the mind, there are two distinct powers that are unique. Chochma and Das. It's cool. We in for every day. Right? Chochma and Das. What is the difference between Chochma and Das? had Adam and Chava not eaten from the Etz HaDas, they would have remained with Chokhmah. The whole temptation to eat from the Etz Das was because they wanted to exchange their Chachma for Das. What does that mean? Das is a higher kind of knowledge, and they wanted to have it. When they ate from the tree, not only did they not receive the Das, like, but they received the evil kind like of Das. It is like, like is like colors, and then
1: Das is like a type of color. It's it like that. a nice way of putting it. I'll put, it, I'll put
0: it a tiny bit differently based on what he says. Let's, let's keep going a little bit more and then we'll summarize. What's the difference between Chochma and Das? Chachmah is the knowledge that one receives from his teachers. In our Chochma, we sometimes make use of our power of imagination by comparing facts. But Das is the kind of knowledge we use which does not involve our imagination. It's above the imagination. When a person has doubts, his Das has been impaired and lowered to the level of imagination. Doubts are essentially a mind that has been taken over by imagination. So it's a little bit complicated. I'm gonna to try to summarize, at least put it in my in my thoughts. Um Chachma means wisdom. Chachma is two plus two equals four. Okay, it's it's it, there's a logic to it, it's passed down by our sages, it's passed down by tradition. It, that's that's Chachma. Adam and Chaba wanted more than chachmah. They wanted das. Das, I would, I would translate as experience. Okay? It says, Adam yada etishto. Adam knew his wife. Obviously, it doesn't mean he knew her like a math equation. He had some sort of chemistry, chemistry experience. Chemistry. It's of experience, yeah. and that le- led to her children. Okay? So, not, Das is not always happen in that way. But Das is something beyond just experience. Purely something intellectual. It's something deeper than that.
1: It's like a feeling.
0: It's a feeling, exactly. And Adam, so. and, hold on. So Adam and Chava wanted das. They wanted more than just it's like intellectual. Really they wanted to eat from the tree of knowledge. They wanted, and that's and that's okay. But the problem was their knowledge was not rooted in the connection to Hashem. Their das. With exactly the opposite of what Hashem wanted them to do, and so because they wanted the das in a way that was disconnected from a Baruch Hu, it ended up not giving them true das. It gave them a fake das. It gave them the opposite of das. It gave them an over imagination. It gave them a false das. Okay, it, that when das is connected to Hashem, it's a beautiful thing. But it has to be for the sake of Hashem. Let me let me put it in other words. Let's say a person wants knowledge. Is there something wrong with knowledge? Is there something wrong with going to university and it's learning? No, there's nothing wrong with it. But it needs to be rooted in the fear of God. If it's used for the sake of connecting to our Baruch Hu, then knowledge is a beautiful thing. But if I'm using it totally disconnected from Hashem, I'm just using it for my but own option, pleasures, I'm, I'm only doing it to serve me, so then the Torah is saying that's dangerous. That's that's not going to lead you towards truth. It's going to lead you towards falsehood. What if I don't use the actual studies
1: for a show, but like the outcome of what will come from the studies, I'll use towards the show Okay, so fine. Like let's say like I'm learning in university or right. but like I'm right here. Like, you know, like, it's like, an, an not, like,
0: It's an ends question, to a means. Okay, I'm so I'm not going to call that studying that math itself. A holy experience, but it's... In, it, you could but not after, it, if I make money, because
1: exactly, I'm not. Yeah, I, exactly, as long as
0: your kavanah, as long as your intention is to serve Hashem, and you, and you need to kind of pass through that hurdle in order to get that job to, you know, support your family, whatever. So you definitely can consider it a holy mitzvah. Again, as long as your intention is for the sake of Hashem. So, yeah. Um, but doesn't that go for both chafamadnas? Like, you have to... You're supposed to use everything. Absolutely, they, they both need to be oriented to Hashem. Just Das is a bit more um, dangerous, okay? Because Das is is experience and it's it's, so it's colorful, it's more passionate, it's more emotional, and therefore it can, can they, lead you towards. Can
1: they like blind you from the truth also? Exactly,
0: and that's exactly sort of, of, of Adam and Chava. They 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 went to eat from Das, but since it was exactly the opposite of the of Hashem, it's uh, it was dangerous
1: whenever you're like, with a boy that you like, oxytocin is
0: released, and then it blind, like, because you're connected to them with feeling, you're Right, blind blind. right. It's a, That's a good yeah. example. It's a good example. right? For, obviously, Akash gave us touch for a reason. We're supposed to use it to, to serve him. But in the ideal way, it would be done in the context of, of holy marriage, and then you're using these pleasures for to serve him and to give. But if it's just stop for the sake of my own pleasures, then that's disconnected from, from your... Vekas from Hashem and from true Simcha. Okay, with me so far? Awesome. Okay, so now, let's keep going. When a person has doubts, his das has been impaired and lowered to the level of imagination. Doubts are essentially a mind that has been taken over by imagination. So we all know sometimes when we have doubts, is there really a God, does he really care about me, Why why is this happening to me, it's not fair. So it can just make everything complicated, make everything harder. And it's, it's just hard to be in a state of simcha. But then you have these experiences which really strengthen you and give you that amuna and belief and that can give you back that simcha. The simcha That's what, you know, always need to have simcha reboots, and, you know, hearing amazing stories and learning about amuna because... Even if two days ago you believed, but then something bad happened and your your, your das wants to pull you away from that clarity, so you got to pull yourself back to that to that amuna. Right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you a good story. When I was in Bar-Ilan University, I, I studied Bible. I studied Chumash, Tanakh. And, um, yeah, and, and we, we studied academically, which means a lot of biblical criticism... A lot of questions that are being thrown at me and just, you know, 19, 20-year-old kid just coming from Yeshiva. Uh, thankfully, you know, I was always religious. I kept davening three times a day, whatever. But uh, but definitely put some questions in my head. Definitely not a healthy uh, place for, for someone when you have all these smart people trying to throw doubts in your head. Yeah? So I remember one uh, winter, I went... I had a nice Shabbos meal, Shabbos meal ended early like 8 o'clock, and I felt I had, I had a really good Shavon Esrei, and then I really asked Hashem to give me some signs, some Ashkacha Pratis. I knew that Torah is Ames, but I needed a little bit of a boost, a little bit of a fusion, you know? So I asked Him for that in my Shavon Esrei, and my main time when I talk to Hashem is always at the end of my Shavon Esrei, especially on Shabbos. Uh, so I went to the base mandrash, and I was like, what can I do for Hashem? I want to go out of my way. So I always love learning Chumash. It's like my passion is learning Chumash in Tanakh. But I haven't always lear- loved learning Gemara. And I wasn't learning that much Gemara back then. So I said, you know what, I'm going to learn Gemara tonight. So I started doing Chazara over the Gemara, which I was learning, fourth parak of brachos, and discussing the question of whether mariv is an is there a shus, whether Mariv is uh, obligatory. And I'm learning on my own for about an hour, just on my own. And then, yeah, it's a great command. A random guy walks in at the, at the end of the room and he's talking with his friend. And I kind of listened and they didn't hear me. And one of them asked him, Is Mariv or Shus? Or Mar- Mariv obligatory. And I'm like, Did he just say that? Like, I can't believe that. I looked up at Hashem and I'm like, ah, I see what you're doing. You're like giving me a hug because I was going through a hard time, you know. I was like, "Oh, it's is or sure, But the other, "Daf test and Bracha," and they're like, "How does this guy know this?" You know, it was, it, was, it was an amazing moment where I felt like Hashem was giving me that chizit, giving me that push, and because a little bit, maybe because I went a little bit above my normal thing, and I learned something which I wouldn't normally learn. It wasn't easy, but I know it was the right thing to do. I felt like Hashem went out of His way to kind of give me a hug. You know what I'm saying? So once I had that clarity, it really gave me a lot of simcha. It doesn't mean every single day I have that clarity. I still need to go back and remember those stories and hear new stories and, you know, boost my emuna. But definitely that clarity, uh, that it's all from Makar Kedush brought me a lot of simcha. Yeah? Okay. Now he's going to say, the B-B-B-B-B-B is going to say some really interesting things, as he always does. Fighting Amalek through... Uh-huh. Dancing. The key is dancing. Who would have thunk it? It's all about dancing. Look yes. at this. Oh, yeah? I <laughs> mean, oh,
1: yeah? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, literally. Goodbye. <laughs> Hannah said, I don't know if you've know the song, Allah. <speaking> it's song. She writes in her song, My heart rejoices. A has the same letters as letzayim, to scoff with the eyes, to joke with the eyes. We have let with the eyes. There is an evil kind of scoffing, let's anus, which is a power represented by Amalek. Amalek symbolizes laughing at holy things. You know those people that if you ever want to say something holy or want to improve on yourself, they just make a joke out of it. They say it's stupid, they make fun of it. That's amalek. They never take life seriously. And they represent, you know, just laughing away at life and, and the, the, the bad type of of laughter. Like running away from from their soul type of laughter. But every holy thing has a counteraction. Right? So just like there's an unholy laughter, there's also a holy type of craziness. Oh, I
1: remember
0: right. So simple is a great example. To counter this, we scoff back at them. How do we do this? When we have our own letzanos, but olats. What is olats? Olats is to be happy upon dancing. When we use our feet to dance, we lift our feet off the ground, and in this act, we are able to make light of the evil of Amalek. With olats dancing, we are able to ward off the evil from other nations, represented by Amalek. So, if you ask me, dancing is a category, it's not only dancing, but I think what dancing represents is doing something silly, a little bit crazy, a little bit not natural, the opposite of earthiness. Earthiness is like, oh, I you want to go to bed and go to sleep? Right. Dancing is like energetic yeah, and getting this? up there. So I don't think it's only dancing. It could be running, could be moving, so it could be singing. Be, getting energetic when you're learning Torah. But dancing represents doing physical actions, even if it's a silly type of actions, but doing it for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So how do you dance for Like Obviously like a chaliga or whatever, but what if you just go on dance? Okay, great. So let me give you two examples. Example number one, as you mentioned, was if you're dancing for the sake of a mitzvah. So there's a great story about the Ish Kodesh who we both have the same name on common. He's reclaimed his common. So I feel connected. Cool. And he writes in his sefer. He has, a, he has a, an awesome sefer which is like his diary. And he's at a Simchas Achnasas Torah. I think it's in the year 1925. Mashu Kaze. And he's the rabbi. And he has this desire. He wants to do a flip. He wants to do a somersault. <laughs> and he's arguing with him. He says, what? I'm a rabbi. I can't do a somersault. They're going to think I'm crazy. They're going to think I'm showing off. And he says, no, it's for Hashem. I need to do something new. I need to do something different to demonstrate my, my, my joy. And he's back and forth, and he says, I'm only doing this for Hashem. I don't care what people think. And just like David Amalek, who danced before the arm, if you know the story, he does a somersault, and he does the flip. And and he, it was one of the holiest moments of his life because he was only doing it for a kaddish baruch. Hu. So maybe I'll experience that at uh, I don't know a pastora, Maybe I'll experience that at a wedding. There definitely is that element of literally physically dancing for uh, for a kaddish baruch Hu in that type of way. But I also think absolutely, Yoder, you're right. If it, if if it were up to me, it would be a decree that every Jewish Every every man and woman has to start their day with dancing. Certainly, a couple have to put <laughs> on put on put on their you know jam. the jam. Take the kids and mom to do do a, a recoup. And because because it first of all, getting your body moving will lead you to simcha. And when you're in a state of simcha and you're physically moving, you're you're much more excited about your davening and your learning and. You're in that, you're in that wind, you're in that energy, in that fire. You don't have that earthiness. So for sure, as long as your intention is to serve a Baruch Hu, I'll tell you for example, I have, I, I have a minog, I try to run. I do either a 10 minute run around the rova, or now my wife actually just got a, what's it called, the treadmill in the winter. So I do an 8 minute power run right before I dive in minachub.
1: Uh, and I don't do it every
0: day, but I'm, I'm trying to get myself back into doing it every single day. And I, eight minutes, I'm not that sweating. If I do like a half hour, I'm sweating. And people probably think I'm nuts. I am nuts. But I momish I, I feel the difference. When I in with energy I'm physically moving, I in much, much better. I feel light. And when, if I eat, for example, if I eat a lot, I can't dive. Totally feel earthy. I totally feel disconnected from my shed. I'm very much rooted in, in this.
1: You know, like if I feel light and energetic, I to What do you, you do sense. if you sweat your own? No, I think. Uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> I take a shower sometimes.
1: Really <laughs> Ideally, in an ideal room. Uh, yeah. Um, in my middle school, like I thought this like lady was like, crazy, but they brought us this like with this like girl who was like Chinese and she converted or whatever and way of like connecting to a show was like like lyrical dancing. And so she like literally got on the stage in front of all us doing this like weirdo dance. And everyone's like, hey this is not like Judaism, like what? But but now I'm like, oh it like, makes sense. Like people connect to you, Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. Like, I also I, I also do Pierke Albost uh, push up jumpy jacks um, <laughs> before I eat dinner and my wife thinks I'm crazy. I okay. again she is, she's right. But uh, but that helps me feel connected to Hashem. So what, as long as your kavona is Hashem Shemaim, it's within balance. 100%. 100%. Okay. So that's in terms of, we said, overdoing the physicality is what leads us to sadness. Right? So what's the tikkun? Using physicality to serve a Kaddosh Baruch And that category I would call dancing. Dancing for Hashem is... Is physical actions for a pedestal I also feel like dancing
1: like clears your mind so it's like you won't Straight have any doubts. 100 like percent no She's yeah. to her dance
0: class, right? yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. It's it's, it's 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 huge. I have actually a whole bunch of shares, I have like an hour share about Rikud and spiritually you're, you're sifting yourself out of the negative energy. But again, the main idea is that any physical action that we're doing, for it, 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 it's huge. It's huge. Now, what about the intellectually? We say doubt is the enemy, right? So, what do we want to do if we want to get happiness? The way to the. Okay, but if one is sad because of doubt, his sadness is deeper. Right? You're not just, oh, yeah, you feel too physically. It is rooted in his das. Which has been affected by the doubts. So, what do we do? When a person doesn't know about a kartafarq, he has all these doubts. The way to fix this kind of sadness is through yashris. How does one a person have yashris? Right? Or is a rule uli yishrei simka? Straightness. Yes. If you are yashra Leiv, if you're straight-hearted, then you're happy. But how do I get there? What if I have sphekos? What if I have doubts? The way to have yashris is to remove the cheshbon yashrabi the various many calculations that a person has, desires which have nothing to do with serving the Creator. This is when a person uncovers from within himself an inner Yashris, the Yishri Lev, uprightness of the heart. In other words, my heart naturally is straight, wants to serve a Kadash Baruch But what happens? We have these Cheshboinus. We have these overthoughts, overdoing it, and the thoughts are actually rooted in the materialism, in the Nigios, in the Yetzirah and they've they've come inside of ourselves and confused us, okay. So someone we gotta find a way to get away from all of those inner doubts and get to this inner clarity of interconnectedness to Kaddish Baruch. Doubts
1: okay? like about Hashem. Doubts about Hashem. Doubts about Judaism. Doubts about
0: everything. Right. So I think what he's a little bit alluding to is this is also the avoda of Adar and of Purim, right? We know this is idea. That when you drink, when a man drinks on perm, he should get to a place where he's a little bit wobbly about his math, where he can't count up that the gematria of uh, Arur and the gematria of Baruch Mordechai, which are the same gematria, amazingly enough. But he can't count up that they're, they're the same. It's kind of a But he
1: like thinks
0: that like he like switches it, like Baruch. Yeah, when he switches Baruch Mordechai and Arur so some explain that that means he can't count it up. Anymore in other words what that's trying to say is that so often sometimes our intellectual logic our philosophy is is getting in the way of our inner knowledge of a Akadosh Baram and somehow drinking when done in the right environment when done in the right way the right context right is meant on that one day of the year to help this man kind of feel that inner connection to a that sometimes all these doubts, this Sveikos, this Amalek, has gotten in the way of. Okay? And, by the way, it's not only through drinking. Okay? I think, And it's not only on Purim. There are other ways which a person can feel connected to their neshama and not to all those philosophical you know, doubts that are being... Well, let's throw some ideas. How else can a person feel connected to that Straight heartedness. Singing. Singing. Exactly. That was the, the first idea that came to mind. when I sing a Kabbalah Shabbat at the and yeah. I'm dancing and singing. I just feel like Hashem. I yeah, feel that. All those I like questions God I had beforehand God. kind of melt away. So I think singing, dancing, um, and y- there are other ways. But, but I think that's one of the primary, yeah. healthier ways with no negative side effects. Um, that.
1: Yeah, um, like I don't know. I've never done but uh, I, I think yeah. yeah, yeah. We say
0: he'd say... to talking to oh kato God of is absolutely a strong way in which we can uh, we can definitely feel that Yashrus Halef. So I don't want to go too much over. I know uh, I know I don't want you guys gotta wake up for Nate. get your But um, I actually you that one, let's let let let's give you guys a homework assignment, okay? Sounds good? Yeah. Um, And then I'll ask you a second question. Homework
1: is...